podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer. And Jennifer Staten is wearing black and gold. It must be higher ed. I remember. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> I don't remember much these days, but I remember that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for supporting our colors. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anytime. So, Ed, I had a little inspiration for this episode. Oh, great. Um, I have had occasion to read a lot of books this fall, some for work and some for pleasure. Neat. And, and actually, a lot of the books that I get to read for work are very enjoyable. So I should Don't you host a book club or something? We I do. KUT has a book club. Right. We do and we read books about Austin and Texas and it's great fun and we have great discussions. But it it got me thinking about the the impact and the influence that books can have on our lives. And so I thought it would be fun to sort of talk about what it means to be I'm putting this in quotes a well-read individual. Mm. Cuz there're things that we have to read in school that are sort of considered like the classics, um, you know, Shakespeare, Moby Dick. There are probably some other things that you've run across or read that aren't necessarily in those canons, but that have been very impactful to you. So I thought it would just be fun to talk about, you know, what's what's in your library, what's on your bookshelf and what. <laughs> oh, <you> no. Know, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize we we're going in this direction. People magazine. Did I see. Well, or, you know, if if students came in and said, hey, Dr. Berger, we we want to sort of leave Southwestern with, you know, a good underpinning of reading. What should we read? So let, let's talk about books. OK, let's well, have our own little book club right here, right here, right now. Um, well, first of all, you know, one thing that a lot of us are thinking about is when we are thinking about these canons. I, I mean, there's so many different directions I like to go here. So let me just yeah. pick and choose. So when, you know, those canons uh, traditionally are. Uh, Western, you know, usually written by white dead men. And so what about the voices of individuals who are out there in history and beyond who uh, were creative beings or even not, but just having their story told? And of course, I think we are seeing a lot more of that now. And so now the question is, how do we find a balance where we can get a, a diversity of voices and perspectives? So we just say we're never going to read Shakespeare again, that I think would be not great, but that we are kind of counterbalancing and getting a kind of broader perspective, which would be a much different education, quite frankly, than what, what I received and what you received. So that's just the first point when you're talking about canons. Um, <laughs> on my bookshelf, I'll, I'll tell you, so I, when I'm reading for fun, which doesn't mean math, by the way, I have a lot of math books, a lot of math books, but I don't consider that really fun. You I just don't. consider, no, I consider, I mean, I enjoy learning, but yeah. it's more for educational purposes. But when I'm reading just for me, uh, they tend to be true stories. Okay, so, so I'm not, except for Harry Potter, which I thought is one of my favorite collections of, of books. Uh, but that's the, the exception to the rule. Well, I guess 2001 A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke, that's pretty good. But there are very few of those. If you look in my own little library, what you'll see is a lot of biographies and yep. autobiographies. And I love reading about people 
either in the first person or in the third person, and trying to understand how people work and to understand pieces of history. And so I tend to kind of read in, in that genre. So that's one big clump. And then the other big clump is my other passion in life, which is comedy. And I have a lot of books on comedians and comedy and, and what that means. Uh, not necessarily books that are you know, designed to be like haha funny books, although I have some of those, uh, but really about like, the, the discipline of comedy. And, and that's kind of what I read these days. All right. So true confession time. I may be one of the few people I know of who has not cracked the binding of a single Harry Potter book. Wow. Wow. You And you just said that on the air. I did. I confess. Wow. Wait, let me just... Wow. Now, have you seen the movies? Mm, parts of some of them. Wow. I just... I haven't... I haven't been captured by it yet. Partially, I think it's just a time thing. I haven't made the commitment. You've got to commit to it. Yeah. I have to commit to it. And I just haven't, I haven't made the time commitment yet. Can I tell you my, my Harry Potter, yes. Potter story really fast? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, they came out like 20 years ago now or something, yes, right? I think 21? it just was yeah. the 20th or 25th like anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So I had no interest in this. Like I said, you, this is, you know what I like to read now uh-huh. and this doesn't fit into that genre. And, but my students were going crazy at the time. Oh my God, everyone, Harry Potter. This is before even the first movie. This is just the first couple of books were out. Uh-huh. And I had no interest in this. And the more people, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of where the social people, you know, where the cool things are, I usually run the other way. So the fact that everyone was loving the books also made it less attractive to me, which just shows you what a curmudgeon I was even at a younger age. And so one of my um, undergraduate research students I was working with one summer who was, who's from Thailand, in fact. In fact, now she's back in Thailand and she was working on some mathematics with me and she just was in love with these. And I think maybe the two or three of them had been out and she was begging me to read them and I refused. And finally, uh, I was about to go to Cancun for a math conference. Oh, rough, rough going It's a rough life being a math professor. And, uh, and she said, oh, Professor Berger, please do me a personal favor. Here's this, you know, wonderful student of mine looking at me saying, please... I'm going to give you the paperback version of the first Harry Potter book. I think it's like the saucer stone or something. And, uh, and please read it, you know, and I grudgingly agree to do this, which was, you know, a big deal. I get on the plane. I was flying out of Albany and somehow I guess going through Chicago and then going down to Mexico. And I just opened this book up grudgingly and I started reading it. And I will kid you not four minutes later, four minutes later, I landed in Cancun it, it totally absorbed you. And I was about eight pages from the end of the book. The first one's actually not very long. And I was about eight pages away from the end of the book. And I've never done this in my life. I went through customs, you know, da-da-da-da-da, find my way to the hotel where this conference was. And, and I've never done this. I dropped my bags in the hotel room, sat on the end of the bed, didn't unpack, and had to read those last eight pages. And then I was hooked. It's interesting. I, I think, you know, J.K. Rowling is, is an amazingly creative human being who was able, and apparently, according to all accounts, she had this entire story of all eight whatever books in her mind from the very beginning. And she has done more good, I think, for humanity than a lot of people because she brought reading back. People, young people now read. And I find that kind of amazing. Well, what I think is also interesting about your Harry Potter story is that you told us about the kind of books you like, nonfiction, biographies, autobiographies, and comedy. books about the, the art and creation of comedy. And Harry Potter seems so different yep. than those. It's so not me. And, yeah. But I've seen every movie. I've read all the books. And, and it, was, it was neat, which, which is part of, I think, the joy of reading. You're talking about, like, let's talk about reading, that it can, 
it reading can transport you to a world where you might not be comfortable, but you can actually find your way. And to me, that's really the exciting world of ideas, which can be reflected through reading. Well, and then maybe you can take that exploration and transfer it other places. Exactly. So if you plunge into something like Harry Potter to read that is not normally your genre, maybe that the satisfaction from that may fuel you to say, oh, maybe I'm going to try a class that's a little different, or maybe I'm going to do this internship. I don't really consider myself engineer material, but I'm going to give it a try for a couple of months and see what I think. And also it shows you that your own interests actually uh, are more expansive than you think. For example, after reading these eight books, to me, it was very much biographical. These characters became real to me and it was interesting to watch them grow up and have their lives unfold. And it became a like a biography. All right. So I am ready to, I was going to say the puzzler. Oh, the Riddler. The, the Riddler. The Riddler. The Riddler. The Joker. <laughs> the Joker. Wait, what happened to this podcast? It's now a comic book. Last week, I offered, in a lighthearted moment, I, yes. given where we are today in our world, that maybe a little bit of lightheartedness is fun. I thought I'd give you a couple of classic riddles and see what you think. Uh, you answer them immediately and instantly. I saw them. I saw you write them down. All right. The first one was, what's the worst vegetable to have on a ship? Jennifer Staten, what do you think? A leek. That is correct. You know, the first time I heard that riddle, I was watching an old movie uh, starring Jack Benny, who was an old a radio comedian. And, and, and the joke that he told, the way he told it was, my... My uncle died in his victory garden. And then his wife and, and kind of sidekick, Mary Livingston, said, how did your uncle die in a victory garden? There was a leak in it. <laughs> well, I will tell you that the I knew the answer to that because in another movie, might not be considered classic, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, the sequel. <laughs> there is a scene. Is that Jay Leno or something? No. It's, okay. It's animated. Okay. And there's a scene that I don't remember exactly, but the line is said, there's a little boat floating down and there's a, a vegetable in the boat and someone says, uh-oh, there's a leak in my boat. And I just roared with laughter because I think it's funny. <laughs> it's clever. It's funny. I love it. Uh, we are in the, uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you. We are in the uh, shadow of um, of Halloween. And so this was what I gave you last week. Yes. Uh, what do you call two witches who live together? All right, so I I thought this one through a little bit. I thought witches, okay, hats, cats, brooms. And so I thought witches living together, roommates, broommates, broommates. Well, congratulations. The answer is, in fact, broommates. Well done. Yay. I feel satisfaction. <laughs> like I feel when I've read a good book. Well, maybe not quite the same. But. You know what's interesting, by the way, we're talking about reading as you know, I, I, I am mixed on social media, you know, yeah. and, and I am on Twitter, of course, EBB663, if you'd like to follow me. Uh, but, but I'm, you know, I'm not a real big social media guy. But I will say the one thing about all of this stuff on our devices is it forces people to read. I think, I think more young people are reading now than they were, let's say, 30 years ago because they're reading these little teeny clips. That actually raises a great question. So it sounds like then that reading anything is better than reading nothing, so when you say well, reading say, TV clips, yeah, I don't know if do I believe you mean, that. Do you mean reading like social media posts and tweets, or do you mean they're reading their books on their devices? Well, I, I was talking about social media posts and yeah. tweets, which which I don't necessarily think is is good for the psyche all the time. But what I'm just saying is the art of reading that I think people probably read better. Uh, although now with all the kind of uh, short shortcut ways of you know writing things out, which the spelling is all kind of messed up. Um, it'll be interesting to see in a hundred years how we spell, 
you know, the word night and if it's, you know, N-I-T-E or whatever. Well, and it's also interesting to think about sort of how things cycle around. And, you know, sometimes things are cool or they're not cool or they're retro or they're not. And with all the technology and social media, things like reading, which, you know, obviously you can read a lot of things digitally now, sort of picking up a book can kind of seem uncool, but then it sort of becomes way cool again in a retro kind of way. Like, yeah. oh, he's reading a book. Wow. <laughs> you hardly see that anymore. You know, I, I've never read a book on on Kindle or on, on my device. And even though I've got several of them that are out in that format, I've never, I've never seen it. I do like holding the, the paper, paper and, and, and reading it for myself. But of course, I'm old fashioned. Now, wait, before we go, though, I can't leave us without asking a question. What is your favorite book? You know, I was afraid that you were going to ask that. And I, I don't know. Well, give me one. So I'll lift, I'll lift it. So it's not going to be the, but give me a favorite book of yours. So I, so there are two books I can remember reading in younger years that both stuck with me for different reasons. One was the thorn birds, Mm. just, it just this sweeping, I think it was really the first kind of long and I was younger, sort of grown up Mm -hmm. novel that I read. Also the world according to Garp. Oh, I'm a big John Irving fan. Well, those are two separate, very different books. They're very different books. Huh. They're both fiction, which is interesting because now I, I tend to gravitate towards nonfiction. But I think there was something, uh, again, both of those I read kind of at a younger age. And I think I was sort of reading above my weight, as mm-hmm. they say, like pun- boxers punch. I was sort of reading up a little bit. And I think it was satisfying to sort of feel like I was trying to sort of tackle those and figure those out. But those yeah. are two that have always sort of stood out to me. Good for you. And also they were not read in academic settings. Right. Mm -hmm. They were purely sort of outside school reading for pleasure. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot now one more time before we finish. So let's say that one of your best friends, a valued colleague walks into your office and says, Ed, I'm going to take a trip and I want to take one book with me that's going to be meaningful and doesn't have to change my life, but really have an impact on me. And I trust you in your judgment what book would you recommend that I take? Uh, well, if they're going overseas and if they're of a of a fairly young age, The Magus by John Fowles. Um, if they're maybe a little bit older, um, The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Um, and and no matter where you're going, uh, everyone should take with them The Little Prince by St. Exuberi. That is my all-time favorite book. I have all my students read it whether they want to or not. You heard it here first, folks. Reading recommendations from Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have an idea for an episode or a topic you would like us to discuss, just send me an email, jstaton, that's J-S-T-A-Y-T-O-N at KUT.org. That's jstaton at KUT.org. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News. <laughs>